Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Erica Lugo is a bona fide inspiration to people all over the world. She publicly documented her own personal transformation after reaching a peak weight of over 300 pounds and shared her weight loss journey on The Biggest Loser. And then she became a trainer on the show's reboot. Wanting to empower others to pursue their own health goals, her goal is to help people of all shapes and sizes heal their health from the inside out. Listen how this incredible woman chose to live the life she always wanted, but thought she could never have. Erica Lugo, thank you so much for spending time with me today. No, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this chat. It's like girl talk all over again. Totally. Yes. Yes. You are such an inspiration to countless people all around the globe with your incredible transformation story, but as well as your beautiful perspective that I have so much respect for and I wanted to share today. And I want to dive into your journey that you often talk about, but I first wanted to focus on something that stood out to me as one of your core messages, I think that can resonate with so many people. You say that the theme of your life has always been to, quote unquote, rise from the ashes, that you've been dealt a lot of hard stuff, but that you never let it stop you, that you just go into survival mode. Can you expound upon that, please? Man, we're starting off so deep, Juliana. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely did your research. Yeah. You know, for me, I always like to remind myself for a 34-year-old, I have gone through the ringer. I got married at a really young age. We were terrible with money. I learned nothing about money growing up. We filed bankruptcy at an even younger age. I then got divorced. Um, I had a child really young, uh, lost 160 pounds on my own. I became a single mom for the first time in my life. I built businesses with pennies in my bank account, and I'm a thyroid cancer stage two survivor. Um, you know, got remarried to the man of my dreams. So I, I've gone through quite a bit of turmoil in my life, and I just really feel like I was put on this earth to prove to people that you can overcome really hard things. Just because that's just been that's been my whole motto, my whole life. I feel like anytime I've been dealt with a challenge. I've learned the theme of life is to overcome that challenge. And it's challenge, challenge, blessing, challenge, challenge, blessing. And on the other side of that challenge is really amazing things. I love that. Oh my God. Did you say challenge, challenge, blessing or lesson? Uh, Blessing. So, you know, there's always a blessing at the end of a challenge. So that's why I always barrel through, I guess you could say. I don't stop because I know at the other end, end, it's going to be something really good. Erica, I am in the exact same boat as you. I've been through very, very similar, crazy things. And I think that just one of those little things would be enough for someone's lifetime. And it's really inspiring how you power through. And I think that that's why you're such a role model. But if you can kind of dig in a little bit, um, you're very frank when you talk about your magnificent weight loss journey. I mean, this is what I do for work. I'm a dietitian. I help a lot of people go through this transformation and it's not at all easy. There's nothing easy about it. And you have to follow this why. You have to have this very powerful why. And you've lost 160 pounds. You've kept it off for what, more than five years now, right? Mm -hmm. It's going on seven already. Wow. Okay. So can you tell us about that? What was that like for you? What started it? What in, what inspired it? You have to have a very powerful why to go through something like that. 
Yeah, I have grown up overweight my whole life. I wouldn't say my whole life. Definitely we when I got into middle school, you know, my family, we grew up in a Mexican family. We eat, we drink, we eat some more. You know, my mom was a single mom for the better part of my life growing up. And the way that she could show us love within, you know, her limitations was to feed us our favorite things and ice cream and brownies. Or if you got good grades, a pizza was much cheaper than taking the girls out for a night out and new clothes. So you know, food became a huge staple in my life in various forms. And that's just kind of what I took with me into adulthood. And when I got married and I met my ex-husband, you know, we all know the story of happy pounds and then you get pregnant and then you gain more weight because you're eating for two naturally. And then I suffered from postpartum depression pretty badly and the weight just came on more. And, you know, interesting enough, now that I've lost the weight, I talked to my ex-father-in-law a couple years ago and he said, I just want to let you know I'm really proud of you because there came a point in time where I looked at you and I said, when is it ever going to stop? Because I kept gaining weight and it just wouldn't end. And hearing that my ex-father-in-law even thought that was a huge wake-up call that I did the right thing. So it all started when Connor, my son, was about three years old and he was playing on the floor and he looked up at me and I was sitting on the couch after a long day of work because I worked in HR at the time. And I was probably eating goldfish or Cheez-Its or some kind of snack. And I was watching TV and he said, will you play with me? And I looked at my kid and I told him no, that I didn't want to play with him. Not because I didn't actually want to play with him, but I had zero energy. I thought getting up off the couch was exhausting enough. I didn't want to stop eating my snack. And then I thought, oh, now I'm going to have to exert energy actually playing with him and cleaning up the toys. And something in me just was like, whoa, you know, I'm in my early 20s. My son's three years old. And I just straight up told him no, that I can't play with him. So I don't know what urged me to dust off the scale in the closet, because Lord knows it was hidden for quite some time at that point. <laughs> and I got on the scale and my heart just dropped. You know, that feeling where you're just like, whoosh, like you yeah. just feel like a whole rush over your body. And my heart dropped because it read 322 pounds. And even saying that right now, I have goosebumps all over my body because I just remember that feeling of going, like, I can almost get emotional about it now because seeing that number, 322 pounds, like I never, ever thought I could weigh that much. And I did. And I don't know what caused me just to get the ball moving and keep it going. But I started off so small. All I knew was basics worked because oddly enough, at my heaviest weight, I actually was a Jenny Craig consultant, <laughs> a oh. weight loss consultant. So um, I worked at Jenny Craig for three years before I got pregnant with my son and I was a consultant. So, you know, I talked about food all day and I knew the basics of less calories in, more calories out because that was the gist of their program years ago. So I just took that mentality and I just started that way. I, I started eating less. It wasn't necessarily healthier because I was you know, it's a learning curve, right? You don't want to do it all at once. So for us, it was, we were young and couldn't afford much. So if it was pizza, instead of eating the whole large pizza by myself, it was, okay, I'm going to eat two slices and a salad. And I'm just going to go walk on the treadmill for 40 minutes and see where that leads me. So over time, it's progressed, obviously, to something much bigger than that and more knowledgeable than that. But that's where I started. Wow. Yeah. Now you're just, uh, I, I see your Instagram and your workouts and you're, <laughs> you're so into, so then what propelled you through that? Like then what, what was the next step for that? Yeah. You know, I had lost a lot of weight and I actually tracked all of it on Instagram. I remember my ex-husband's, uh, niece or cousin, 
she was like, gosh, eight or nine at the time. And she's showing me this app called Instagram. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, how does an eight-year-old have 1,200 followers on Instagram? What does this mean? (laughs) And she was like, oh, well, all the cool kids are doing it. And I said, well, like, what is it about? And she said, well, you can do workouts or fashion or food. And I thought, okay, workouts. Well, maybe this might be a good way for me to stay motivated. So I downloaded Instagram and I started just taking selfies at the gym and just posting as accountability to myself. So I would it was almost like a my fitness pal at the time, but for pictures to sh- to keep myself accountable and show that I had a log of what I was doing, and it just grew from there. I remember waking up one morning and a huge weight loss page had shared my transformation. I had lost like fifty or sixty pounds at that point, and I got thousands of new followers. And I got into Instagram at kind of the sweet spot when infer- influencers weren't really a thing, but. Um, I was the first one to do it. So, you know, it caught on like wildfire and I've been very blessed and very lucky with my journey so far. And, you know, it's transformed to, okay, well, everyone wants to know how I did it or what my advice is. So I decided to get, you know, certified to become a trainer and I, I did online training and then it morphed into me purchasing a studio and having apps. And it's just been one crazy ride and one amazing experience after the other. It's amazing because like you don't ever, you can't really tell what you're going to do in your life. Like you, if you try to predict exactly what you're going to do in your life, you would never been able to predict this. Like it just unfolded. Never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. No, I was working in an HR office and I actually quit that job to pursue fitness. And I was still, you know, when you quit a job and you're like, oh, was that the smartest move? And you look for some part-time work just to make sure you can make ends meet. And I remember I had a friend who owned a very popular restaurant chain. And he said, well, if you're really good at HR stuff and obviously you're good at marketing, why don't you come on board and the hours will be flexible and you can do marketing and HR while you're doing your fitness side gig. So that was always my uh, supplemental income. And it was even, I always at least thought that that was something I was going to do for the rest of my life. I never thought that I could actually jump full time into what I'm doing now until I, until I just did it. I just leaped. Yeah, I mean you had you had this purpose, you had this like this very clear message that you need to share with the world. So I I'm curious because Instagram is so naked and it's so vulnerable and it's also a place where, you know, people kind of there's so much emotion that's wrapped up in that. And so was it what was it like for you to share on this newish platform at the time? Like how did that feel like it did it motivate you more? Did you get, you know, some lashings from people, because people just always say some horrible things. There's always some comments that you just Mm -hmm. not look at. So how was that to be in the public and doing that? Not easy. I will say it's gotten much easier now that I've been dealing with it for seven years. But at first, to be completely honest, it really threw me in a tailspin. It put me in a really dark place because I was one of the first quote unquote weight loss or fitness influencers that the app had. I remember years ago, you know, the creators of Instagram did an article about the top influencers and they mentioned my name, that I was one of the most uh, liked fitness or weight loss accounts on the platform. And I was like, wow, but that's just because I got in so early. But, you know, at the time of starting, that also was a time of, uh, gosh, what do you call them? I guess you can say, you know, snarking blogs or um, blogs made to to hate people. And I will never forget the day that someone slid into the DMs uh, back in the day. And she says, oh, no, I really hate that this website found you. They're going to start ripping you to shreds. And of course, me, I had no idea. So I'm like, click. So I click it and I open it and it's pages upon pages 
of people just beating me up. Everything from the way I looked, the way I talked to, you know, who does this girl think she is? No wonder she's divorced or she's, you know, she deserves to be broke and blo- all this stuff, like just hateful things. And over the years, it's, it's gotten aggressive at some points, you know, with any big opportunities I've ever had, magazines and TV shows, you know, it always comes out a little bit more full force, but I've grown some pretty thick skin over the years. Um, I've learned to ignore it. Sometimes it still bugs me, but right now I'm at that place in life where I've grown so much on Instagram. Like literally people have seen me grow up on Instagram that it doesn't phase me as much as it used to. So, and then you were catapulted onto the big screen with Biggest Mm -hmm. Loser. And so what this, what we usually try to talk about on this podcast is about you and like the person behind your story and everything. So how do you choose you? How do you take care of you now that you're in this public spotlight and people are watching? What do you do to take care of you behind the scenes? I have to set boundaries. (laughs) I am a very big people pleaser. I'm a yes person. And over the years, I've learned to set very aggressive boundaries for myself and those around me because I learned very quickly that you can give a person an inch and they'll take a mile, especially when you are in the position that I am with a big following. So people, therefore, think you've got lots of opportunities, you've got lots of money, you've got lots of connections, or they can then get those same things by befriending you or trying to be your friend or or taking advantage So I've learned a lot of hard lessons and over the years, I've learned how to set boundaries. I've learned to not do things that people expect me to do anymore. You know, one of the biggest things that I'm even going through now is I decided to close my physical fitness studio down. I ran a fitness studio for about six years, five years, and it got to the point where it was mentally um, and emotionally draining. I loved it, but it was getting to be a very big headache and I felt depleted at the end of every session versus rejuvenated and happy and excited. Um, And I decided to close it down and we were thriving. We were making great money. We were becoming a great thing in the community and I shut it down for the happiness of myself. And that was something that no one expects me to do. And that was me creating my own boundaries for my own happiness because we only have one life. So I've really learned to take that time for myself and listen to that gut instinct that we all have that we choose to ignore so often, yes. um, you know, because when, when your body starts to talk, if you don't listen to it, then it's going to start to yell. And if you don't listen to it, when it starts to yell, then it's going to scream and knock you out. And I've learned that through being diagnosed with autoimmune disorders and cancer. And when you're faced with those things in life, you no longer want to take a backseat and let other people tell you or let other people's feelings dictate how you live life. And I decided to start setting boundaries. So that's what I've been doing. That's wonderful. It's so hard to learn, especially as a woman, but it's so mm-hmm. important. So, okay. So how do you think um, the way you choose yourself now is different than before you lost the weight, before this major transformation? What's changed? Great question. You know, how I chose to put myself first before was unhealthy habits. Um, we all have vices, but I thought that self-love and um, treating yourself, you know, treat yourself, YOLO, all those words meant, um, going out with your girlfriends and drinking until three in the morning, you know, especially when I first got divorced, um, and I was losing weight and I, you know, had friends that weren't the best influences. So it was every other weekend when my son wasn't with me, we'd be out drinking until three in the morning and stuffing our face with chips and guac and, um, pizza and, 
you know, anytime something bad happened, it was, I deserve cake or I deserve this, or I deserve to sleep all day. Now it's, I deserve to treat my body the best way possible. Cause that's what makes me feel good. So, um, you know, I take naps, I go to bed early, I buy heating pads for myself because, you know, I love, I love to lay down like an old lady and plug it in before bed. So I treat myself with heating pads or massages or new shoes or a new book, things that are actually going to do great things for my body, mind, and soul. Oh, which is a perfect segue to my next question is that- ah, I love it. <laughs> I love it too. This just, it's not just a conversation about physical health, right? This is really about mental health. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, big time. I think I've become as successful as I become and not go when I continue my journey in helping people. But I talk about the mental and emotional aspects of losing weight and getting fit you know, don't get me wrong. There's so many influencers out there who work so damn hard on their bodies and their nutrition. But if you're watching junk, if you're reading junk and you're surrounding yourself with junk people, it doesn't matter how well you eat or how well you move. It's going to catch up to you one way or the other. So, you know, really taking the time to undiscover all those terrible quote unquote truths we believe about ourselves. Like I tell my clients, you were not born with the idea that you are not pretty, or you are not born with the idea that you're not good enough, or you're too fat. Those things were learned from something or someone or an experience. If we choose to ignore it, it's never going to go away. I call it the dandelion theory. Like you can mow over all the dandelions and your yard looks pretty, but until you get to the root cause of what's making those dandelions pop up and actually fix it, they're going to keep on coming up. So you know, I tell clients, I want you to journal. I want you to meditate. I want you to go to therapy. I want you to unplug. I want you to do things that you feel like you're supposed to, but you don't have to, you know, go against the grain of things um, and really learn to love yourself as cliche as that sounds. Cause everyone goes, well, how do you love yourself? What does that mean? It, it looks different for everyone. So it's not, I can't say, well, this is how you love yourself because you know, me loving myself is going to be different than how you love yourself. But that's the exciting part of the journey and the self-discovery of, of what that really means for you. Oh, I love that, Erica. Like, that's what I tell my clients too, is that when you're choosing to not eat the pizza or the cake or whatever, when those moments when you decide to choose yourself, everything comes up. And, that, and if you can go through that as opposed to pushing it away, that's like transformation for life. That's something that you're learning and you're connecting and it's forever. Like once you know that stuff, you can't unknow it. So I love exactly. that. Exactly. I love that you emphasize that. So I'm told that after you lost the weight, you are in what you call a quote unquote waiting period. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Uh, we're getting deep again. You're good at this. You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, this is something that I even still struggle with now. And, you know, a lot of people look up to me and will say, gosh, I just, want to be just like you and how do you get so confident or how do you do x y and z and I could never be this way and I say whoa whoa let's pump the brakes you know first off you saying you can't you're absolutely right because whether you say you can or you can't it's going to happen but the thing is once someone loses a lot of weight like I did and that was my identity for so long like I don't remember myself any other way that physically I may have changed but mentally I was still really heavy Um, I really struggle with body dysmorphia. 
I struggle with, um, you know, I, I have struggled in the past about five years ago, I developed an eating disorder. Um, I struggle with these things. And I felt like I was in this really weird waiting period for my life to magically change because the weight came off. And that's when I started to really do that inner work that we talked about before that there's so much more to me than my weight just because people treat me differently. And I hate to say it, but I get treated differently. I get looked at differently. I have different opportunities than I did when I was overweight does not mean that my weight defines me. And I really had to break free of those shackles because the longer I held on to my weight defines me, the more issues I had, the more body dysmorphia issues I had, or, you know, my eating disorder developed, or I had food anxiety or social anxiety. So I was in that really weird, quote unquote, waiting period, just waiting for something to click. And the more people decide, the longer people decide to ignore it, the harder it is to overcome it. Interesting. So what would you say is like the top couple things that you've learned about yourself in this journey? Oh, that's a loaded question because I'm still learning every single day. Right. You know, I, I, I go, I'm going through phases so often. And, you know, even right now you guys were podcasting at a time where I'm even transitioning a lot in my life where, you know, it's okay. Get comfortable. Getting uncomfortable has been the biggest thing. I feel like anytime I am uncomfortable and I am pushing against it and I'm like, no, 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 I'm fighting against the change and I'm fighting against that gut feeling. You know, that's when I feel like I'm stalled the most in life. And the moment that I decide to go with the flow and and get comfortable being really uncomfortable, that's when great breakthroughs happen. Um, Also, I learned that really stay in your own lane. That's cliche as that sounds. You know, I kind of have blinders on. I tell my kids all the time, I wear blinders 24-7 because if I'm constantly looking at Judy or Bob or whoever and trying to compare myself or keep up with them, I am never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to recognize all the amazing small things that I do every single damn day to get me to the big end goal. Um, And I think that's what a lot of people do, right? They're always looking, well, she lost 50 pounds. Well, honey, you lost a pound this week. You said no to pizza. You went to bed on time and you moved your body. You know, like those are great things, but we never celebrate it because we're trying to look at someone else. So I wear blinders 24 seven. And then just like I said, in that one, in the sentence was comparison, right? We all know comparison is the thief of joy. And I know the moment I start comparing myself, not just physically, but anything financially, family-wise, relationship-wise, business-wise, that's the moment I start to crumble and I start having more self-doubt and that just serves me no purpose in life. Erica, I could talk to you all day. We have to wrap it up, but I'm so grateful for your wisdom and you're so inspiring. Thank you for all that you do. And I, I hope everyone will follow you and, and gather all of that wonderful, delicious wisdom that you share all the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I could talk all day too. <laughs> well, you have to come back then. There were so many nuggets in that interview, but two of my favorites were challenge, challenge, blessing. What a great reframing. And getting comfortable and being really uncomfortable because that's when all the big, wonderful things happen. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now. And I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.